Welcome to the JD Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor, and I'm joined uh, always by um, Andrea Stokes, who is the uh, practice lead for our hospitality group. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And Jenny Corwin, DCI Jenny Corwin, as I like to call her. She's the director of customer and consumer insights. And again, probably has a career at the BBC if she ever wants one. Anyway, hello, Jenny. Hi, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is our year-end podcast, uh, and what a year it's been. We were just discussing uh, in prep for this uh, show uh, just what we talked about last year and uh, what actually has happened. But uh, I thought we'd uh, start off by uh, asking each other what you think was the most surprising travel research-related number that you came across this past year. And I'll start with Andrea. Andrea, what was the most surprising statistic in your studies that uh, you saw during the year? Well, uh, I think, yeah, there were lots of um, statistics that, that probably weren't, weren't surprising given the environment we're in. We're still in a pandemic and then there's a lot of, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that we, you know, thought would, would be over by now. Uh, I think one interesting uh, trend that we've seen over the past few months, I would say, you know, over 2021 and even going into 2022, uh, is with the sort of that, um, you know, competition with, you uh, home home rentals right and home share uh, versus hotels you know the hotel industry is is obviously looks at airbnb and vrbo as competitors and there's all all kinds of talk about how that sector is doing Um, airbnb went public and you know sort of the competition right between between the hotel industry and and the home sharing industry but in our study we we have been tracking um hotel users who also use you know uh platforms like airbnb or vrbo to book rentals and um we are seeing you know sort of the uh, the price equation kind of declining for home rentals. You know, they're not, consumers are less likely to uh, choose a home rental because of price, um, you know, over a hotel. So that that advantage, I think, going in where, you know, I think that everyone thought that the home rental industry was uh, more, you know, a, less expensive and it was less expensive to rent a rent a house versus uh, rent versus staying in a hotel I think that um, perception is declining so it's good for the hotel industry of course um, you know we'll see where it goes in 2022 do you think that price differential is because of the demand because people are afraid of catching covid in more public spaces or or do you think it's it's just something that's a naturally occurring price differential? Well, I, I do think that, you know, the cost of home rentals have gone up. And I think um, when the pandemic hit, right, you know, Airbnb, their, their customers are not consumers. Airbnb's customers are the hosts. And hosts were allowed to charge extra fees for cleaning or service fees or whatever they wanted to call them. 
And they're allowed to do that. And I think they have wide latitude to do that. Uh, and you, you, you know, if you go on to Airbnb or one of the sites to book a rental, uh, they advertise a nightly rate, but then, you know, you see all of these extra fees that hosts can charge. And in the end, when you sort of add it all up, it, it sometimes is a lot more expensive actually than staying in a hotel, depending on the location. So, um, you know, that, that definitely, I think, is what's driving, you know, driving that, um, that trend. Well, Jenny, what was, uh, what was the most surprising number that you saw in your studies that you look at through the year? Well, um, I, don't, I don't know that I was very surprised. And it's, it's not that I'm some, you know, great prognosticator or anything like that. It's more just um, realistic, right? And I, I know that the pandemic has really put us in an unpredictable state in travel. So I guess I was surprised to see, you know, um, basically maintaining satisfaction levels in most cases, right? We saw some differentiation, but it's not like it fell off a cliff or anything like that. Um, I, I think, you know, there wasn't anything that was particularly shocking because everything was weird. <laughs> so it's hard to say anything stands out amongst all of this abnormality when, when nothing is really normal. Right. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any one thing that I was like, oh, that's super weird compared to all the rest of the weird. So <laughs> it's always it, what what's what stands out across the background? And the background was so bizarre that there was nothing that stood out, right? Exactly. It was like those. Do you remember those hidden eye pictures? And I was looking, yes. but the picture just never came for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I actually had two numbers that I thought were very surprising. Uh, the first one was the percentage of people buying stuff, you know, buying stuff, buying food, beverage, or retail uh, at airports, and uh, the food and beverage number stayed about the same. About fifty percent of people. Uh, still bought something at the airport, and which surprising to me because of the um, you know it was it took a lot more effort to buy food and beverage at the airport. Um, the number for retail did go down, and that's not like, that didn't surprise me at all. It was you know there was that the uh, food and beverage number stayed up. So uh, what we tell airports is it's very similar, very consistent from airport to airport. About fifty percent of the people that come on the airport actually buy something at food and beverage. And it's down to about 28% or so of people buying at retail. And that usually number is somewhere in the, the mid-30s to low 40s, uh, which doesn't surprise me at all. The other surprising number, shocking number really, was what people were paying for a rental car in the last half of this year, uh, which just absolutely exploded. Um, Kristen Carpenter, who works for uh, Jenny, uh, helps me on uh, my Consumer Insights stuff. And she came up with some great charts uh, for our rental car clients that uh, showed that Prior to the pandemic, or at least the first half of the year, uh, prior to the price increase, the chip shortage, the automobile shortage, labor shortage, that about 50% of people were paying less than $40 a day for a rental car. And as a very small percentage, 20, 25%, were paying more than $70 per rental car. And that's flipped. Now more than 50% are paying significantly more than $70 uh, for a rental car. And as I probably mentioned on this uh, on this podcast before, and I'm still planning my trip to Scotland, hopefully in January, or June, uh, when uh, hopefully they'll let people back in the country to play golf. 
And usually we run an SUV, a four-wheel drive, and with an automatic, of course, because it's just enough, it's hard enough for me to drive in the left-hand lane, let alone drive a stick that's on my left hand as well. Uh, so an automatic SUV we have rented in the past for the week for about six, $700. It is now being rent, the, the rental, and I'm talking about June rentals, not rentals next week, June rentals, $2,400 a week for a vehicle, which would be more than we would pay for everything else on the trip, including airfare and golf. So I mean, that's three numbers that are most surprising to me, but uh, all ties in back to the rental car number. Anyway, so great. Our, our second topic today um, is uh, what we predict for 2022. So uh, I'm, Jen, I'm going to start with you because you had that weird background. I'm, you know, let's see how that weird background is going to look in 2022. What do you think is going to happen? I, I mean, I think we should continue to expect the unexpected. Um, you know, no one knows exactly where things are going to go. But one thing I, I, I think I'm pretty sure on, right, is people are tired of not going anywhere. And so I do think we're still going to see travel demand continuing to, to increase. Um, but I don't see the, uh, the labor force catching up with it as fast as we would like to. So I, I think, and I'm looking at uh, some, some statistics from USTA in terms of you know, monthly jobs added to the leisure and hospitality industry. And if we continue at the current pace... Um, we're not going to see a full recovery until November 2022. So I think, I think people are going to want to continue to be patient. I know we all want to get back out there, and that's great. Let's you know, obviously safely and whatever not. But um, I, I think we're still going to experience some some struggles with the labor shortage across the industry throughout next year. And Andrea, what do you think are your predictions for 2022? Uh, yeah, Jenny's right. Um, you know, hospitality really is um, is suffering from uh, a labor shortage, and there are a lot of you know different solutions that I think the industry is thinking about to to kind of help remedy that. Um, you know, those whether those solutions will be successful or not, it's hard to tell. Um, but you know, that and uh, I think, you know, we we still will see uh, kind of some consumer dissatisfaction with, you know, food service. So any uh, company that's providing any kind of food service, whether it's, you know, restaurants or hotels, will um, kind of see those supply chain issues affect um, both the variety of food that can be offered and also the quality I've been reading a lot of articles about, you know, restaurants shrinking their menus um, simply because, you know, they have to. It's it's not profitable to have a large menu with a lot of variety. So we do know that, you know, hotel users do look for uh, food and beverage in the hotel. Um, they still continue to use food and beverage in the hotel Um you know, as much as, as any time in the past. So they are, you know, they are experiencing, though, you know, some dissatisfaction with what's being offered. Uh, and I think that will continue into 2022 for sure. All right. Well, my prediction uh, is very much along the lines of your two predictions that I believe that the rental car shortage is going to continue through the entire year. Uh, I don't think if the pipeline had any chance of being restarted, it, we would have seen signs of it by now. And the chip shortage 
that's pre- uh, preventing the original equipment manufacturers from producing cars that uh, where rental car companies can re- replenish their stock just isn't going to happen. And it's going to be very, very herky-jerky throughout the year. We might have a month where we see some deliveries of vehicles, and then the next month there'll be none. That That's one of my predictions there. That will force prices to remain high. And I think that the rental car companies uh, will be wondering how much damage are they going to do their brand uh, with uh, these price increases and maintaining these price increases. I know that they have obviously have artificial intelligence and a lot of computer modeling that says we should be charging this much for a vehicle when we have this many on hand and the demand uh, is so high. Uh, but again, $2,400 for a week <laughs> doesn't really endear you. Uh, no one's going to spend $2,400 a week and, and sign up for a J.D. Power survey and said, yeah, I read the, I read the company 10 out of 10. It was really great. <laughs> really des- delivered on that $2,400. I just don't think that's going to happen. And uh, my second prediction is that I believe that uh, one of the major airlines is going to take a stand on ha- you know, doing away with masks in flight or making them optional for folks. I think that two airline CEOs this past week kind of floated a trial balloon uh, and really got their hands slapped by social media and certain people in the uh, federal government uh, and kind of walked some of their comments back. But I believe that's going to be happening in the last half of the year, simply because it's just much easier and it creates so much stress for uh, the cabin crews to enforce those rules. Uh, And I think that we'll be seeing some of that relaxed, simply because the Again, the cabin air filters they have today do a fantastic job and the air air gets recirculated every four minutes. So it's one of the better quality uh, airs that you're going to breathe, whether you're on terra firma or 35,000 feet in the air. So anyway, well, uh, once again, we've reached the end of our podcast. I'd like to thank Jenny Corwin, who's our director of consumer insights, and Andrew Stokes, who's our uh, practice lead for hospitality. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm practically for travel, meaning airports, airlines, and rental cars for J.D. Power. And we're welcome, We're wishing you, you and your family uh, a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And hopefully we'll see you again on this podcast in January. Um, if you'd like to learn more about what we do at J.D. Power, you can easily done. Go to jdpower.com. Go up the upper hand course. Uh, click on business. Scroll down to travel. And then you'll be seeing all the things that... Uh, Andrea, Jennifer, and and myself do uh, all year round, and hopefully we'll see you again in 2022. Thank you very much for listening. Mm